Hello, my name is Ashley Lambert, and this is Very Sleepy, a podcast to help you fall asleep. So close your eyes, take a deep breath, settle in, and get ready for tonight's story from the Firelight Fairy Book by Henry Beston, The Enchanted Elm. If you're a regular listener, you know that I have done some of Henry Beston's stories before from the Firelight Fairy Book and really enjoy his writing and his take. But I found it interesting that the foreword in this book was written by the Assistant Secretary of the Navy, Washington, on September 7th, 1922. I'm not going to read the entire foreword, but I am going to read the part that I find perfectly sweet about grown-ups and children. Any reasonable child will find instances of the assumed omnipotence of grown-ups. With this awful indictment before me, you ask me, a grown-up, to write an introduction for the Firelight Fairy Book and thereby to assume the responsibility for passing judgment upon it. There is but one circumstance that makes me willing to do so. I believe that where any nice grown-up is concerned, if you crack the hard outside shell with which circumstances have surrounded them, beneath it you will find a child. Banking on this, I venture to say that I thoroughly enjoyed the Firelight Fairy Book. I liked particularly the story of the poor little prince whose sneezing had such a disastrous effect, and the lost half hour is unquestionably an accurate historical account, because no one could have described so accurately, simply from imagination, what a lost temper looked like. What makes me even more willing to advance my opinion is that I do not stand alone. My conclusions are supported by a jury of my peers, for I have given the book as a Christmas gift, not only to my own children, but to other people's children, and to one of the prominent senators of the United States. They have universally acclaimed it, and who can question the judgment of such a jury? Good luck to the Firelight Fairy Book. May it, like Scrooge's laugh in The Christmas Carol, Be the father of a long, long line of brilliant books of a like nature for the enjoyment of all true children, whether they be still at day school or sitting in the high places of the world. Believe me, yours very truly, Theodore Roosevelt. I found this especially apropos because I'm also releasing stave two of A Christmas Carol. Some people don't celebrate Christmas and others may not be interested in that particular story. So I thought I'd give you a bonus, an extra, this week, just in case. But tying it into Stave 2 or just the Christmas Carol in general, I found fascinating. And I didn't do it on purpose. (laughs) I picked it up and I was going to do the story anyway. So if you're ready and you're settled down and comfortable, we'll start tonight's story. The Enchanted Elm by Henry Beston Once upon a time, while riding, a brave young prince dashed merrily ahead of his friends, and after galloping across a plowed field, turned his horse's head down a grassy road, leading to a wood. For some time, he cantered easily along, expecting any moment to hear the shouts and halloos of his friends following after. 
but they, by mistake, took quite another road, and no sound except the pounding of his horse's hooves reached the prince's ear. Suddenly, an ugly snarl and a short bark broke the stillness of the pleasant forest, and looking down, the prince saw a gray wolf snapping at his horse's heels. Though the horse, wild with fear, threatened to run away at any instant, the prince leaned over and struck the wolf with his whip. Hardly had he done so when an angry voice cried, How dare you strike my pet? A little distance ahead, a wicked old witch stood at one side of the road. With its tail between its legs, the wolf cowered close to her skirts and showed its long yellow fangs. Pet, indeed, cried the prince. Keep him away from my horse or I will strike him again. At your peril, prince, answered the witch. And then, as the prince turned his horse's head and galloped back, she called out, You shall rue this day. You shall rue this day. Now, by the time the prince had arrived at the plowed field and the great road again, his friends had galloped on so far that they were lost to sight. Thinking that he might overtake them by following a shorter road, he turned down a byway, skirting the wood in which he had encountered the enchantress. Presently, he began to feel very thirsty. Chancing to see an old peasant woman in the fields, the prince called to her and asked where he could find a roadside spring. Now, this old peasant woman was the wicked witch under another form. Overjoyed at having the prince fall so easily into her power, she curtsied and replied that within the wood was to be found the finest spring in the country. Anxious not to lose time, the prince begged her to lead him to the water. Little did he know that the witch was leading him back into the wood and that she had just bewitched the water. When they arrived at the pool, the prince dismounted and kneeling by the brim made a cup of his hands and drank till his thirst was satisfied. He was just about to seize his horse again by the bridle and put his foot into the stirrup when a terrible pang shot through his body. Darkness swam before his eyes. His arms lengthened and became branches, his fingers twigs, his feet shot into the ground, and he found himself turned into a giant elm. A giant elm he was. A giant elm he remained. Unable to find him after a long search, his friends gave him up for lost, and a new prince ruled over the land. Though the elm tried many times to tell passers-by of his plight, none ever seemed to understand his words. Again and again, when simple woodcutters ventured into the dark, great wood, he would tell them his story and cry out, I am the prince! I am the prince! But the woodcutters only heard the wind stirring in the branches. Ah, how cold it was in winter, when the skies were steely black and the giant stars sparkled icily. And how pleasant it was when spring returned and the gossipy birds came back again. The first year, a pair of wood pigeons took to housekeeping in his topmost branches. The prince was glad to welcome them, for though denied human speech, he understood the language of trees and birds. 
on Midsummer Eve, the pigeon said to him, Tonight the king of the trees comes through the wood. Do you not hear the stir in the forest? All the real trees are preparing for the king's coming. They are shedding dead leaves and shaking out their branches. Tell me of the king, said the prince. He is tall and dark and strong, said the doves. He dwells in a great pine in the north. On Midsummer Eve, he goes through the world to see if all is well with the tree people. Do you think he can help me? asked the prince. You might ask him, replied the doves. The long, long twilight of Midsummer Eve came to a close. Night folded the world beneath its starry curtains. At twelve o'clock, though, not a breath of air was stirring. The trees were shaken as if by a mighty wind. The rustling of the leaves blending into strange and lovely music. And presently, the king of the trees entered the haunted wood. Even as the wood doves had said, he was tall, dark, and stately. "'Is all well with you, O my people?' said the king, in a voice as sweet and solemn as the wind in the branches on a summer's day. "'Yes, all is well,' answered the trees softly. Though some replied, "'I have lost a branch,' and a little tree called out unhappily, "'My neighbors are shutting out all my sunlight.' "'Then fare you well, my people.' "'Till next Midsummer Eve,' said the stately king, "'and he was just about to stride onward through the dark wood "'when the enchanted prince called aloud to him. "'Stay, O king of the trees,' cried the poor prince. "'Hear me, even though I am not one of your people. "'I am a mortal, a prince, "'and a wicked witch has turned me into a tree. "'Can you not help me?' "'Alas, poor friend, I can do nothing,' replied the king. "'However, do not despair.' In my travels through the world, I shall surely find someone who can help you. Look for me on next Midsummer Eve. So the great elm swayed his branches sadly, and the king went on his way. The winter came again, silent and dark and cold. At the return of spring, a maiden who dwelt with a family of woodcutters came often to rest in the shade of the great tree. Her father had once been a rich merchant, but evil times had overtaken him, and at his death the only relatives who could be found to take care of the little girl were a family of rough woodcutters in the royal service. These grudging folk kept the poor maiden always hard at work and gave her the most difficult household tasks. The prince, who knew the whole story, pitied her very much and ended by falling quite in love with her. As for the unhappy maiden, it seemed to her that beneath the sheltering shade of the great elm, she enjoyed a peace and happiness to be found nowhere else. Now, it was the custom of the woodmen to cut down during the summer such trees as would be needed for the coming winter. And one day, the woodcutter, in whose family the maiden dwelt, announced his intention of cutting down the great elm. "'Not the great elm which towers above all the forest,' cried the maiden. "'Yeah, that very tree,' answered the woodcutter gruffly. "'Tomorrow morning we shall fell it to the ground. "'Tomorrow night we shall build the midsummer fire with its smaller branches. "'What are you crying about, you silly girl?' "'Oh, oh, please don't cut the great elm,' begged the good maiden. "'Nonsense,' said the woodcutter. "'I wager you've been wasting your time under its branches.' 
certainly cut the tree down in the morning. All night long, you may be sure, the maiden pondered on the best way to save the great tree, and since she was as clever as she was good, she at length hit upon a plan. Rising early on midsummer morn, she ran to the forest, climbed the great elm, and concealed herself in its topmost branches. She saw the rest of the wood beneath her, and the distant peaks of the adamant mountains, and she rejoiced in the dawn songs of the birds. An hour after the sun had risen, she heard the voices of the woodcutter and his men as they came through the wood. Soon the band arrived at the foot of the tree. Imagine the feelings of the poor prince when he saw the sharp axes at hand to cut him down. I shall strike the first blow said the chief woodcutter, and he lifted his axe in the air. Suddenly, from the treetop, a warning voice sang, Throw the axe down, harm not me, I am an enchanted tree. He who strikes shall breathe his last, before midsummer's eve hath passed. There's a spirit in the tree, cried the woodcutters, thoroughly frightened. Let's hurry away from here before it does his mischief. And despite the chief woodcutter's yelling, they ran away as fast as their legs could carry them. The chief woodcutter, however, was a bolder hearted and lifted the axe again. As the blade shone uplifted in the sun, the maiden sang once more, Throw the axe down, harm not me, I am an enchanted tree. He who strikes shall breathe his last before midsummer eve hath passed. Hearing the voice again, the chief began to feel just the littlest bit alarmed. Nevertheless, he stood his ground and lifted the axe a third time. And a third time, the girl sang. At the same moment, the elm managed to throw down a great branch, which struck the rogue a sound thump on the shoulders. Now thoroughly terrified, the chief woodcutter himself fled from the spot. All day long, for fear lest he return, the maiden remained hidden in the tree. At twilight, overcome by weariness, she fell into a deep sleep. Just before midnight, alas, she was awakened from her slumber by hearing an angry voice cry, Come down from that tree, wicked, deceitful girl, or I shall cut it down at once. Very much alarmed, the poor maiden looked down through the branches and discovered the woodcutter standing at the foot of the elm. A lantern swung from his left hand, and his sharpest axe rested on his right shoulder. He had returned home, and not finding the maiden there, had suspected that it was her voice which had frightened his men away. "'Come down!' roared the rascal. "'I'll teach you, you minx, to play tricks with me one two, three. And lifting the axe in the air, he was about to send it crashing into the trunk of the elm when the mysterious murmur which heralded the coming of the king of the trees sounded through the wood. Perplexed and frightened again, the chief woodcutter let fall his axe. Presently, he perceived two beings coming toward him through the solemn forest. Uttering a howl of fear, the rogue would have fled, but, lifting his wand, the elder of the newcomers transfixed him to the spot. The two personages were the king of the trees and his friend, the mighty enchanter, Gorbodok. "'Descend and fear not, maiden,' said the king of the trees. 
You have done bravely and well. Your misfortunes are over, and a happier day is at hand. So the brave girl hurried down the tree and stood before the enchanter and the king. Very pretty she was, too, in her rustic dress and ribbons. Lifting his wand very solemnly, Gorbodok touched the trunk of the elm. There was a blinding flash of rosy fire. The great tree appeared to shrink and dissolve, and presently, the prince stood before them. Welcome, prince, said the enchanter. Your enemy, the witch, will trouble you no more. I have turned her into an owl and given her to the queen of Lanternland. As for you, and here, the enchanter turned fiercely upon the woodcutter, you shall be a green monkey until you have planted and brought to full growth as many trees as you have cut down. An instant later, a green monkey swung off into the treetops. And then the grateful prince thanked the king of the trees, the mighty Gorbodok, and the brave maiden with all his heart. I am glad to say that he got his castle back again and married the maiden who had saved his life. And they lived happily ever after the end. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading and all the comments. I appreciate it. If you're new, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Hopefully this story, short story, made you very, very sleepy. Hopefully you'll join me for stave two of A Christmas Carol as well. Until then, good night. <laughs>